The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Andrew Affronti, the state's attorney of Montgomery County, has joined us. Dan Wright has a previous commitment involved with a major case before the grand jury today. For those of you who don't know, Andrew Affronti is an SHE graduate, SIU Law School in 2008, worked as an assistant state's attorney here in Sangamon County, and was in charge of the felony drug division, was elected state's attorney for Montgomery County in 2020. Andrew, good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Bring me up to date. Uh, Sheriff Jack Campbell's got the headset on. He is with us. Uh, bring me up to date. How concerned are you? Have you joined the other states' attorneys in this state of Illinois to be very concerned about this safety act that goes into effect January 1? What's it all about from your perspective? Why should we be concerned? Absolutely. Um, I uh, agree with probably 90% of the other state attorneys in the uh, state that uh, this act is not uh, what's needed in regard to pre-trial detention and uh, initial arrest of, of uh, individuals in, in Illinois. Um, it, the biggest concern, I think, for um, from my point of view, at least, is in regards to taking the discretion away from the judges and the state in regards to who... Uh, can be declared to be a danger to the public and to the community or to specific people. It really handcuffs our ability to look at every case on a case-by-case basis to determine whether or not somebody's a danger. It really says, okay, only on these crimes can you look to see if somebody's a danger to the community. How concerned? I mean, obviously, there were a lot lot of concern when this... Uh, bill was being discussed, although it wasn't discussed very long, was passed, as people remind us, in the middle of the night, and so on and so forth. Why is it now all of a sudden seem to be getting all the attention? Uh, Senator Steve McClure said yesterday it's because it's right around the corner. It's now January 1, and people are really realize, beginning to realize what this legislation did and, and, and the concern they have. What took so long, Andrew? Well, I think, um, at least from our point of view, those of us that are dealing with it every day, we've been talking about it, I think, since the morning we woke up and found that it had passed. Um, I think in regards to the public looking at it and seeing that this, you know, finally realizing uh, what it actually does is the fact that it's almost here. You know, when, when something three years down the road, uh, you can not think about it as much as you can when it's right around the corner. So I know... Um, at least in Montgomery County, we've been talking about it probably almost every other day in regards to how it's going to affect us since it's been passed. But I think really the the fact that it's going to be here uh, very, very soon, and now it's going to start to affect those in the community. Um, people are really concerned about it and are paying attention to it. Jack Campbell, you have been concerned since day one. You came on this show repeatedly. You talked about it before the hearings, and you knew, and so on and so forth. Uh, it was jammed through. Mm-hmm. Are you even more concerned now as you're starting to hear details? Or where do we separate, Jack, reality from what some of the saying, people saying, well, it's just scare taxing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do what people are saying. Well, the issue right now is is potentially all these things are true. Um, so the difference between reality and, and uh, you know myth is that uh, – 
We don't know what they're going to do. We know they're trying to pass trailer bills because they passed the worst piece of legislation I've ever seen in my career, and now they're going back trying to fix it. We don't know what they're going to fix, but they should have listened to us to begin with. The sheriffs, law enforcement, state's attorneys that could have told them the problems they're going to run into, which we're, we're facing right now. But how do you react then when you when if you bring that up? And I agree with you. But then the opponents or uh, the proponents for the bill said, oh, "Well, but we don't want you guys because you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You are the problem. That's why we're having this bill." How do you answer that? Well, I, I think again, it's a false narrative. Uh, you can't just say something and make it true. Um, our system, um, not perfect, but it's the best in the world, has worked for for centuries. And here they are; they're going to gut us. They're, they're Sam. They're killing the police spirit. They're taking away. Um, that line of defense we've always provided for the public. The public, I don't know if they quite understand yet, although it's getting traction right now. I think they're beginning to hear things again. I was saying, I was saying, and the, and the other sheriffs yeah, were saying sure, a year certainly. and a half ago, um, that, that all of a sudden it's facing us. It's here right now, and we see them scrambling at the last minute trying to, to undo what they have done instead of working with us from the get-go. Uh, Andrew Franny, how much pressure does this put on you as a state's attorney, and, and is it going to be maybe the key to this whole thing is going to be how judges interpret this thing, but you're going to be into that into that equation. How much pressure, how challenging is it going to be for you and your staff? Uh, it's going to be incredibly challenging and put a lot of pressure on our staff and uh, my office. The, the interesting thing is, at least in Montgomery County, I talked to law enforcement, um, we're not really getting, law enforcement isn't really going to be doing anything different. They'll be arresting individuals that commit crimes um, and taking them to jail. The part where it falls on my office is determining who gets out in 48 hours and who do we get to ask uh, to detain and uh, filing all the required paperwork that the um, new statute requires in order to do, to do that as well as have the contested hearings that, that will be needed. Um, the other big question, at least from our point of view, is what happens to everybody that's currently in jail right now on a bond? Um, are we going to be spending the first four or five days of January in court nonstop dealing with everybody that's in custody and giving them their hearing? Or are they going to continue on their bond that they've already been uh, set? You know, the statute really doesn't tell us or address that issue or tell us how to handle it. So at least the initial front load of it could be incredibly uh, taxing on an office, especially one like mine where it's just me and two other assistant state attorneys uh, handling all the cases. Jack Campbell, how do you react to what he just said? I know you're probably in agreement. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I've had many uh, conversations with Dan Wright, um, my attorney I normally travel with. Sure. And he couldn't make it today. Right. Um, but but exactly what uh, Andrew said, uh, they don't know whether it's going to be retroactive or not. And because it doesn't mention it, we're going to assume it is. We have to plan for the worst. And and uh, I've, I've spoken to uh, Chief Judge Madonia. And, and um, you know, potentially, Simon County could be letting out around 100 out of our 340 mm-hmm. that were in there. And, and Sam, I, I, I did a quick check. So random selection of inmates in my jail back the first uh, week of September. Um, I just told my staff, pick out 25 individuals. Don't, don't uh, have any pattern. Just pick, pick them out for me. The average number of arrests of those 25 they picked out was 25.76 arrests. So, in other words, this is what they do for a living. We per let, person. Per person. When we let them out, they're going to go out and commit more crimes. Why would they be the ones let out, Jack? I mean, how are, is it going to be what they were charged with? Exactly. Because their criminal history, their history of failing to appear in court, now can no longer play a role. Something the judges and state attorneys always had historically used to hold them, to set a, bond, a high bond, 
um, to make them accountable. Now that is out the window, and we may very well, uh, again, this is a potential release. We're hoping that this doesn't happen, but, uh, you know, over 100 inmates out of our jail. Uh, Andrew, is there scare tactics being used? Are people frightened? Are people who are saying this is the worst bill, and I agree with Jack Campbell and you and so on, but the, but the but, but proponents of the bill say, no, no, you you folks are just using scare taxes to get the, the, the public involved or uh, uh, alarmed. How do you answer that? You know, I would answer it uh, the same way I've been answering it, you know, for most of the time that the bill's been around is, you know, there's, there's no scare tactics. You know, as attorneys, specifically uh, Dan and I, we have an ethical obligation to tell the public what the law is without, you know, any kind of scare tactics or bias or that sort of thing. And so at least when you talk to, uh, from law enforcement perspective, at least from state attorneys, uh, the facts we're putting out there are the facts. You know, we, we have no idea how this is going to um, affect the community. We do know for a fact, as Sheriff Campbell said, that individuals that are currently, that a judge has already determined uh, should be in custody pending the posting of bond are going to be out. I know Sheriff Campbell said 100 out of his 300. Uh, I did the math last week on mine, and we had about 48 people in the Montgomery County Jail. And of those 48 people, we'll be able to keep 14 of them. So oh and these are individuals that have, uh, you know, four or five pending felony cases that because they've been arrested or charged so many times and continue to commit crimes are being held uh, to a substantial bond and no longer will we be allowed to do that. You know, Sam, can I? Please. Uh, so, you know, we're worried about cash bail. And what we always forget about is what if we didn't commit a crime? You know, they're so worried about it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, and and if they went back to if you don't commit a crime, you don't have to, to worry about posting cash bail. I've never posted bail in my entire life, and I'm sure you haven't either. Um, the other option is, why wasn't it ever discussed, if you're trying to make this fair, that nobody gets to bond out, You know, m- much like the federal system? Nobody considered that. It was all just to release people because it wasn't fair. And, and again, let's not forget, it's the public who will be truly impacted by this. It, it are it, the, our citizens that are paying taxes, that have the right for the protection of the criminal justice system, may very well lose some of that. And they are ultimately the victims that are treated, being treated the worst. Nobody forces people to break the law. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, that's an option you have. If you want to break the law, then be prepared to pay the consequences. But nobody forced you to do something that put you in that jail. Right. And, you know, overall, you know, people have asked me what what specifically, um, you know, is is the worst about this legislation. Um, From our viewpoint, it is that they are empowering criminals when criminals are no longer held accountable for their actions. And that's what we want. Accountability. That's why they post cash bond. Um, that money sometimes can be used for restitution to the victims. Sometimes it can be used for law enforcement to go find them when they fail to appear in court. Do you know how many more warrants I'm going to have to go serve right now? We have over 4,000 outstanding warrants in our system right now. It, it is going to skyrocket when all these people are just given a, a court date. They're not coming back, Sam, and therefore our deputies, and, and same in Montgomery County, they're going to have to they're going to have to go find these people instead of you know patrolling your neighborhood and 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 helping out our our, our business owners. Um, and doing the things that we statutorily have to do, now we're going to have to go out and serve these warrants. And, the, and that makes for a dangerous situation for law enforcement, too, when these people do not want to go into custody. 
Andrew Affronti, what are the people talking about it a lot in Montgomery County? Are you getting a lot of reaction from the person on the street? And I know you've been on a couple of radio shows oh. down there in that area. Is there a lot of talk about this? Oh, there is uh, tons of talk about it. I, you know, we field emails, phone calls, uh, law enforcement reaching out, you know, every day asking, you know, how's this going to affect me? And, you know, is this true? Is this not true? That's sort of thing. And we're answering them to the best of our ability based on the way the statute is written. You know, I want to tell, um, you know, as Sheriff Campbell said, the biggest concern here is emboldening criminals. And the best example I can I can give you of that is I was doing a plea uh, two weeks ago where an individual was going to prison for uh, methamphetamine-related uh, offenses. And he told us as he was going to prison, well, at least this will be the last time I go to jail for uh, drugs because with the new law, all I have to do is just hand the drugs to the officer when they stop me, and I know they can't take me to jail or hold me. So, I mean, that, that's the perfect example of the way this law is emboldening criminals. Andrew Affronti, as always, thanks for your time. We'll continue this conversation with you down the road. Uh, continued success down there as a state's attorney in Montgomery County. Thank you very much, sir. It was my pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Jack Campbell, your final thoughts on this? Well, we already do not hold nonviolent offenders. In the month of August, we at the jail issued 53 notice to appears when people were brought into our custody for nonviolent offenses. The court issued 101 OR bonds where this on, on their signature. But yet the same month, we, we arrested 61 people on failure to appear warrants. We already do not detain these people, but they don't show up for court anyway. Thank you, my friend, for coming. Right. Thanks, good Sam. Good to see you guys. Thank you. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.